We go to the Broad and Crouppen celebrity line. Former Blues goalie Jamie McLennan, now a TSN hockey analyst, also does radio in Toronto at TSN 1050. He does afternoon drive. And it's always great to have him with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Jamie, it's Randy Carricker. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you doing today? Everything's very well. And first of all, I want to take a a broad look at these playoffs. The only really non-competitive series was the Colorado sweep of uh, of Nashville. Uh, what have you thought of the competitiveness of the other seven series? I think it's been fantastic. We always say that the the first round of the playoffs is usually the most entertaining because you know you look at uh, there's there's not a lot of uh, a separation between a lot of teams, especially you know if you've finished second and third in your division. If you take a look at just how the league standings, uh, you know, fell this year, there were 13 teams with over 100 points, and the LA Kings had 99. So it's pretty impressive that we'll call it 14 teams that had 100 points or more. Those are great seasons. So the expectation level is through the roof for. Not only those organizations, but the fan base, they're thinking, okay, maybe it's our turn this year. And, you know, I live in Toronto. Toronto had a fantastic season, but they're up against the cup champs. Uh, You know, Minnesota is a fantastic team, had a, you know, uh, arguably their greatest season in franchise history, but they're up against a very tough, you know, team in St. Louis that uh, has won before, has a lot of pedigree and has star players. So, you know, you look right through the, the whole league, there's some great rounds. And you're right. Uh, unfortunately, Nashville, uh, they're a very good team. But when you're starting goaltender, and I would argue that UC Saros is probably going to be second in Vesna v- voting. When your Vesna goaltender goes down, what, two games before the playoffs? Mm-hmm. You have no chance. And, and it's unfortunate. But uh, it certainly has been great hockey. And I think you've got six... Uh, Six series that are tied at two, so that's pretty impressive. And, JV, before we get to the Blues and the Wild, I want to ask about the one that you have eyes on every night with Toronto and Tampa, because even though it's a competitive series at 2-2, the games have kind of been non-competitive. What's going on with that one? It's almost like whoever is has, has it going on that night, they win the game and they win it handily. So game three ended up, I believe, 5-2, but that was two empty netters. So that game was probably the closest uh, as far as, you know, on paper and how it looked and how it felt, even mm-hmm. though Toronto got up to a, a 3 nothing lead in that game and then Tampa pushed back. So, um, you know, that's the interesting part. I would argue that tonight's game, uh, you know, game five here in Toronto is going to be a competitive one, and you might see, you know, coin flip win by either team. So, uh, but you're right, uh, we're seeing so many blowouts in the playoffs right now. It's, it's been really weird. It's almost like, and I was joking yesterday respectfully, it's almost like you see in basketball when one team gets up and, and it's like it's over, they win by a, a big margin instead of a very close one. So uh, we've seen that a lot in the first, first round of the NHL playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see how things unfold here in Toronto tonight. Jamie McLennan was in town for the Chris Pronger retirement ceremony, number retirement ceremony, and we talked then about Jordan Binnington and the struggles that he was dealing with, and you expressed confidence to me then in Binnington. What did you think of Craig Berube putting him back in between the pipes for Game 4? I thought it was the right move. You know, UC Saros is, sorry, Billy Huso, UC Saros, I apologize. Billy Huso's had a fantastic season. 
and he deserved to start those games. Jordan, you know, had an inconsistent season. Doesn't mean that he doesn't have the pedigree. Doesn't mean he's not a good goaltender. It's just the, you know, uh, the other guy was playing very well. And you give him an opportunity. And when you look at, uh, you know, Bennington, I, I thought, I'll be honest, he, he's not a nervous guy, but I thought he looked a little bit nervous in the game a little bit. There were a couple saves where he was kind of checking over his shoulder. Okay, did I make that save cleanly? But he got stronger as the game went on, and obviously uh, he gets the win. I was very happy for him because I think what happens is it reestablishes it, like for, even for individually for the player. Oh, yeah, I know how to play goal. Oh, I've been here before. He's got the experience, the pedigree, as I talked about. And then the team will build confidence around him. So uh, I like that first game for him. I think it was a smart move by the coaching staff to give uh, a different look to Minnesota as well. That's something that uh, people don't factor in enough is you're not doing it not only for your your own team, but when there's pre-scouts involved and all of a sudden St. Louis has seen the same goaltender three times in a row, they start to pick apart maybe some of the warts in their game. So a different look, different feel and net, and it paid off for the Blues and they got right back in the series. Jamie McLennan with us on 101 ESPN. And Jamie, one of the things that was strange about the other day is that Steven Santini hadn't played with the Blues at all. Perunovic barely played. Yeah. Callie Rosen was up. Uh, Mikola is a rookie, played about half the games. But especially for a goalie that hasn't played a ton in the second half, what's it like to play with a bunch of defensemen that you really have not spent time in games with? It's tough, but I'll say this. You worry about your own job. And you know, there might be a few mix-ups here and there as far as communication, but a lot of times there's set plays going back. And what I mean by that is, you know, defenders going back, is you, if you're a goaltender, you go out and stop the puck, there's pretty much three decisions you have to make with it. And that's hard forward around the boards, uh, maybe a direct pass to, to somebody coming back so they can fan out and, and, and make a play to exit the zone, or a reverse play uh, to, to your backhand, and, and the D can fan out to that corner. And, and the other one I guess you can add in is just leave it and get out of the way so that they can skate out. But those are simple plays, and I think a lot of it comes down to communication. And guys know how to play. It's just it, it's, uh, the chemistry that develops over time, and maybe it's not there early on, but ultimately, especially in the playoffs, the details are so sharp by everyone. Uh, they're not going to be out there trying new things to, hey, let's try this. It worked for me in college. Um, you know, you've got to be smart. Yeah, you've got to be respectful of, of the opponent, especially the Minnesota with how heavy they are in the forecheck. So, um, you know, certainly not having the chemistry with the D. Maybe there's one or two plays that you would notice, but for the most part, it's all about just settling in and worrying about your own game. And if we zero in here you, you you talked big picture about hey let's try this because it worked in college but if you're the blues <laughs> can you do the same thing can you say okay well this worked in game five four obviously if you find your game you can make it work in game five but is there anything the blue that the blues need to do differently in game five to come away with a victory in minnesota tonight no it's just you know it's it's almost like and i say this in the playoffs all the time it's a race to establish your game so Minnesota is going to have adjustments as well. So that's the biggest challenge is, okay, who's going to get to their game the fastest? And if they get, so if Minnesota gets to their game quicker tonight than, than St. Louis, how is St. Louis going to adjust to that? How are you going to limit the time and space of Kaprizov and get underneath the skin and Fiala? Um, and and the, the thing I'm noticing, and I'm not sure how you feel about it, but 
and this was just a blanket statement. I've been disappointed in the refing overall. Now, it's not their fault. There's, there's been sub, so much noise about, well, we want it consistent with the regular season. And, and you know, it's, it's, it seems in past years the refs have put away the whistle and, and, and allowed the grunts to take over the game. And, and to me, it's, it's uh, careful what you wish for because there's been in so many series, I think, marginal calls and the refs are instructed to call them. Mm-hmm. To me, I think playoff ho- hockey should be hard fought. You should dig in. And, and a penalty should be one that's deserving, not marginal, like, oh, he touched his hands there, or, you know, the guy fell down, so we got to, you know, it, optically it looked bad. Like, it, to me, it's, it's every penalty should be taking away a, a scoring chance or an egregious play. And that's the league that has said, hey, you know what, we're going to, uh, we're going to call it by the rule book. That's what everyone's been asking for. And I just, I think it takes away from the flow of the game. So getting back to your question about, you know, can you bottle up what you did in game four and, and apply it in game five? Yes, some of the positive things, but it's about adjustments on the fly. And especially if you're on the road or at home, those, it's a lot different just based on last change, matchups. Uh, I think that's the type of stuff that Craig Berube will you know, be re- reinforcing with his group is just the details of the game, kind of the game within the game and, and making sure that you manage it well. And Jamie, to your point, down the stretch about the last quarter of the season, the Blues were one of the least penalized teams in the league, yet the two teams committed 32 penalties in the first two games in Minnesota. And there were uh, there were some calls that uh, you, you could have easily called embellishment if, if you wanted to, but I'm with you. Yeah, I say nonsense. let the boys... It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I just... I agree. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no let problem. Let the boys play and let them sort it out. Absolutely. Like... This is playoff hockey. Every inch of ice should be contested. Players that aren't physical should be physical. Like That's one thing in the playoffs is you ask players to play their game and a little bit more of maybe something that isn't as comfortable. And that's finishing your check. That's uh, taking a hit to make a play. You know, all the cliches that we can come up with, that's what playoff hockey is. And, and to me, these ticky-tacky calls where – yeah, 50-50 could have been a penalty. Yeah, for sure, in the regular season, that was a penalty. I get it. I understand this. I'm not taking a shot at the league, and I think the officials do a good job because what they do is they're an extension of what the league wants. So if the mandate is, hey, this is what we want, the start of the playoffs, the players have to adjust, and I don't think they've adjusted fast enough. But that's the biggest challenge. You mentioned 32 penalties in the first couple games. That takes the flow. A guy like Cairo, who's a, a really skilled player, he needs to feel the game. He needs ice time. He needs to, to be out there to be creative. And if you've got a bunch of penalty kills or power plays or things that, that really aren't five-on-five play, I think it messes with the flow and it messes with the mojo of the top players that you want on the ice to be difference makers. Okay, you're on the air in St. Louis, but we want, we're, we're going to put Truth Serum in Jamie McLennan. Who do you think comes away with a victory tonight? I think oof, it's tough because, you know, I played for both organizations. I, <laughs> I played for many, too, and I do have allegiance for them, even though I, I had one of uh, I was only there for one year. And I was uh, if you look up my record, it's, it's not something to write home <laughs> for. But uh, but I will say here's why I would say St. Louis. I'm, I'm laying it on the goaltender. I, I thought, like I said, at the start of the conversation, I thought Bennington, uh, he's, his confidence is just starting to get going. 
because I, I thought there were a couple moments in last game where he was checking over his shoulder and, and like, did I make that save? Where's the puck type of thing? I think confidence grows as he's settled in. He's got a win. He's feeling good about his game, and you certainly need it tonight. So I'm going with the Blues, and, and uh, we'll see how it unfolds. And he's not even an unsung hero, a guy who just performs every night. David Perron, all that guy does is, is produce. It's impressive because I think is this his fourth tour of duty with the, uh, with the third, Blues? Third to, he's only signed okay. contracts with the Blues. <laughs> Isn't career. that unbelievable? It's like he, he just keeps coming back, and it's almost like he gets better every time he keeps coming back. So uh, he's a guy that I circle. I know that I'm a huge Ryan O'Reilly fan, and I, I think he's a superstar, and Tarasenko and Cairo, but I, I think Perron is a guy who, who really is a playoff performer, and I look for a big game out of him tonight. Jamie, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Continued success in Toronto, and we'll be keeping an eye and an ear on what you do, and we'll talk again, hopefully, as these playoffs unfold for the Blues. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. That's our old friend Jamie McLennan joining us on 101 ESPN.